0: Travolting presents The Fraser's Edge, hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore, recapping the mainstream success era. Enjoy the episode.
1: Like the funeral death that was march. a soliloquy
0: for Brendan Fraser's career. Oh my god, <laughs> Jeff! Uh, not like in the present day, um, but yeah, as we are c- covering this recap um, of the, the mainstream success era, we are we're going into some dire waters. Yep, uh, so I just wanted to
1: have him, you know, pour one out for the boy. I'm just um, I'm just looking at the uh, the Oscar winner on his IMDb and just saying, we're almost there. <laughs> not almost there. <laughs> like not really. Nine to ten years. Yeah, not really almost there. we
0: got to watch Escape from Planet Earth before we get there, my friend.
1: Oh, Lord. Yeah, you're right. The Nut Job. The Nut Job. Uh, I'm going
0: to be nutty for that.
1: But then a lot of it's just TV series, and the Poison Rose.
0: Yeah, we do have to talk about that again.
1: Yeah, watch the Poison Rose again.
0: The poison That's going to be the name of the episode, the Poison Rose, dot, 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 again. Again. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, we are finally here at the uh, second recap yes. episode for the Fraser's Edge, Brendan Fraser career.
0: Yep, and we're recapping the mainstream success era, going from
1: George of the Jungle to G.I. Joe, the Rise of Cobra. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I always forget. Like it's we always there's always so much of a gap between when these we do these episodes that I don't really remember our format and like how we really We're talk really, about we it.
0: We kind of like have a very loose format.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's if like we
0: pick out our favorites. We talk about the general arc.
1: Least favorite, and then there's underrated. Yeah, and um, I would all, and then I would also add that there's there's definitely a lot of context to add for Fraser yes, at this point in his time, and life. Which maybe we should do that first.
0: Um, I think we can kind... I think we should just recap the overall era. Yeah. And then, like, get into the personal stuff as we get to it in the timeline.
1: Sure. So, I mean... So, this is... So, George of the Jungle, as we said, is a start. Yes. Now, prior to George of the Jungle, like, he had been getting some lead roles. Mostly, like, rom-com-like. Yeah. Like, I'm just looking at Still Breathing, Mrs. Winterborn... Uh, kids in the hall bring candy <laughs> well, all,
0: all of his leading roles prior to George the Jungle were very small scale things yeah
1: very small scale or he was acting alongside like a veteran a veteran they were uh, two
0: handers um,
1: yeah which I think is great that the first two movies right out of the gate for his recap for this era is George the Jungle and then Gods and Monsters yes Two very wildly different movies.
0: Two very wildly different movies and the two movies that set him up for success in this era. Yeah. The aren't what causes it, I would argue the mummy is, you know, the the guarantor for his check. Um but, you know, he comes out of that initial era into George of the Jungle, which is a monster success. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that success is credited to him and his performance. Yeah. The innate humanity brings the George that he's funny, he's willing to, you know, be physical he's willing to be you know um a goof
1: yeah he becomes the star of the family friendly franchise yes yeah
0: and so a lot of the credit for that movie success goes to him yeah and so off of that um i mean at the same time he's doing that he makes gods and monsters right which which is is another two-hander with ian mckellen which even as he gets like overacted by ian mckellen in every sense of the word. His performance is still good in that. Movie. Oh, his!
1: I think it's probably if we have to compare his like two-handers, this is absolutely the best one. Yes, for his performance, especially yeah. the end of the movie when he's like in the rain, yeah, walking like Frankenstein, yeah, fuck man, yeah, still like, gets me.
0: That movie is that movie great. It's maybe my favorite one we've covered. Also, Jeff. Yeah.
1: Do you want to tell the audience what you're wearing right now?
0: Oh, I'm. Oh, where? not that. The shirt. Mm-mm. Oh, the do. Oh, the hat. Yeah. Um, folks, quick sidebar. Um, <laughs> I thought you were talking about this, because no. this pertains to the other episode we're doing today. Yeah. Um, folks, uh, we are currently recording this episode after a three-week break that we took. Yeah. Um, because Stuart went on a little sabbatical to Arizona.
1: Oh, okay, with my dad. Uh,
0: you know, the, uh, guest on the Wild Hogs episode.
1: Oh, yeah. It's funny you should bring that yeah. up, Jeff.
0: And on their way, they stopped at... Maggie's Diner.
1: On our way of a 30-hour drive, mind you. We drove straight through. We didn't get a hotel. We we took, like, hour-long power naps, ate some fast food, and then just kept driving. Yes. Like, we did not stop. So, in our 30-hour drive, I'm saying 30-hour drive, Jeff. Yeah, I hear you. I told my dad the morning we left, I said, whatever time we have to do this, I want to time it out so we get to maggie's diner when they open which on apple maps says nine yes. o'clock which new mexico it's like maggie's diner is in a little town called like Cirillo's, new madrid. mexico well there is madrid but there's like a bigger county i don't okay. know it's kind of confusing uh think of santa fe yeah. santa fe new mexico it's really close to santa fe new mexico uh so they're on mountain time mountain standard time so they're an hour we were leaving from indiana so eastern time so we, had, we were gaining we were losing two hours in the drive. So I was calculating this in the drive, right? Yes. Maggie's Diner is about oh, 18, 19, 20 hours away from where we left in, in yeah. Indiana. So we get there, and yeah, we, we, we got to the, the Maggie's Diner. Yes. That was in our and, Wild Hogs episode. And
0: Stuart brought me a, dur- a John Travolta do-rag from yeah. the movie. Yeah. Wild Hogs. Maggie's We're white, diner, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. In Madrid, New Mexico. Uh, so that's right, folks. I am wearing the uh, the do rag, official from the movie Wild Hogs, purchased in Madrid, New Mexico, by my dear friend Stuart.
1: Yeah. Um, we thank the lady at uh, Maggie's Diner who let us in and gave us the whole tour. She was yes. really nice.
0: Thank you to her. Uh, this is the content you come to the Brendan Fraser <laughs> retrospective. For. Well, you know, no, it, this was important. If people
1: out. were like lifelong fans of ours and they've been with us from the beginning, then they know that we've talked about in the Wild Hogs episode that Maggie's Diner is a real place that you can go to. It's a gift shop, It's not a diner. And I want people to know that I have fulfilled my promise. Yeah. and I have been there in the flesh. There I was there it.
0: was a moment of consideration that Stuart and I were going to drive down there as a special episode. Um, it just it didn't time out.
1: No, nor I don't think would that. <sighs> the bit
0: was going to be we would drive there in one day go into the diner buy a t-shirt and then turn around and drive immediately back and it would just be basically the pot the episode would be comprised of the 50 hours we'd be in the car <laughs> to start rambling uh on our way there and back but we're not doing that. So anyway, Brendan Fraser. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so Gods and Monsters. Gods and Monsters, a really good movie, yeah. two hander. One of the the, the second yeah. movie in his uh success era. Yeah.
0: But it's the it's the double hander of um
1: the family friendly starring role. Yeah,
0: and the dramatic. You know, dramatic success in Gods and Monsters. Yeah. Well Ian McKellen does get all the praise for that movie, rightfully so. Brendan, like, you know, he's a st- he showed off what he can do in that movie. Yeah.
1: And so, and I think both those movies combined really lead the pathway for his future successes. Yeah. Like, then he gets another, he gets a a, a triple hammer in 99. Yeah. Blast in the past, The Mummy, and say what you will, but Dudley Right.
0: Yeah, and Dudley Right big flop. But the point being that those are three lead roles established for Brendan Fraser. Yes. And they all kind of operate within that George of the Jungle mold. Yeah. Of, you know, somewhat family-friendly... Um you know he's playing a lovable goof. Yeah. He's kind of established his like his niche in Hollywood.
1: Yeah, very much so. And, he, and this is I think this is a good thing to talk about because then after that we get the next triple hammer of in 2000 bedazzled 2001 My, Monkey Bone, and 2001 The Mummy Returns. You you skipped Sinbad Beyond the Veil of Mist. I did skip Sinbad Beyond the Veil of Mist, but that one was recorded in his early hits and misses yeah. era. That was made before he was like big. And yeah. And they just capitalized on But we the do fact have to big.
0: talk about him being in Sinbad Beyond the Vamp.
1: I don't think we do, Jeff. <gasps> Why have you <laughs> I really don't think we have to talk about it that much. That was a
0: great movie. It was a great episode.
1: Um, yeah, Bedazzled Monkey Bone. So again, and Mon- Mummy Returns, again, same niche of the George the Jungle. Do you get where I'm kind of going with this? Because yes. then this, the year later, he does The Quiet American with Michael Caine. Mm hmm. Which is in sort of the same vein of Gods and Monsters, but it takes him four years in order to land another dramatic role, which yeah. is once again supporting into a bigger lead.
0: Yeah. And around this time, all the movies that he's doing that are slightly breaking from the mummy, you know, the mummy Blast in the Past, or the Jungle Mold aren't doing well for him. It's like it's they're they're
1: your... not doing well for him or he's just not getting any recognition for yeah. it.
0: Yeah. It's your bedazzled and your monkey bones. Um I think Bedazzle did okay. Um, Bedazzle did
1: pretty good. I I was say I, I was gonna say those movies did pretty well for him because they're they fit in his niche and in his mold.
0: Well, I'm less concerned about that aspect. Like Bedazzle did okay at the box office. Monkey, Monkey bone, bone flops. flops. Mummy um, Returns even, made yeah. made a lot of money. Mummy Returns is his only like unqualified monster success post Mummy at this point. Like Bedazzle was okay. Monkey Bone was a flop. Quiet American is a small drama.
1: Right. And so Man. even
0: though Quiet American gets some, like, you know, positive notices. not But not really, though. Yeah, it's like it's the Michael
1: Caine movie. Right, it's the Michael Caine movie. Yeah.
0: And people are like, oh, yeah, he was good in that. Um, yeah. But that's he, where he's at.
1: Yeah, and then he gets a quick role in Dickie Roberts. Like, he's sort of, like, he's known at this point. And I yeah. think Dickie Roberts is, like, the... that That is, like, the, the, the main... Uh, indicator of milestone of yeah. like Brendan Fraser is a known actor. Yeah. Who if you can
0: like, play yourself in a comedy, yeah, and people think it's funny and know who you are, yeah, you're you're an, you're a less talent.
1: And in the same year, Looney Tunes back in action, very much in the same vein of the Mummy, Mummy yeah. Returns, George of the Jungle, which that bombs bombs.
0: It's interesting because like off of the Mummy, like you know he has that run blast from the past, um, George Mummy. All big successes mm-hmm. for him, um, and then you know he start he's having success in his wheelhouse, yeah. Both with the mummy and in you know spin like you know movies he's doing aside from the mummy that are the same character essentially, yeah. yeah. But then around this time that even stops working, and it's clear his only like success is the mummy movies.
1: I think of it as from George the Jungle the mummy. Brennan Fraser is in a full sprint yeah he's in a full sprint and he's 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 making some good milestones he's hitting some good accomplishments but every once in a while movie trips him up a little bit I think the first trip we can comfortably say I mean Dudley do right but that kind of went under the wayside he really wasn't noticed too much for that monkey bone was a big one where he like he trips a little yeah he doesn't lose his balance but he trips a little mummy returns he's still like in a full sprint quiet america he's still in a full sprint then looney tunes back in action he kind of trips a little again yeah. and then he trips again with crash and then he tr- well crash isn't a trip crash was a success at the time we must uh, know yeah, I, I guess that's true
0: the crash is him being is like kind of a recovery for him
1: oh, that's uh, so strange
0: a very small part in it but yeah. it's still like you know that movie wins best picture
1: but then after that it's like a movie he's not really noticed for. A movie no one know or watched. A movie no one watched. And then Journey to the Center of the Earth, Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Yes. And Inkheart, all in the same year. Journey to the Center of the Earth, big success. Big success. That's his biggest success to this point. And then Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, uh,
0: not like a big success. Not a so big it's a success. A su-
1: moderate success. And then Inkheart, catastrophic failure.
0: Yeah. Big failure. He can't open a franchise that's not the Mummy. Unless it's Journey to the Center of the Earth, which is kind of mummy adjacent. Yeah. He's like an adventure guy, and people don't really buy him otherwise at this point. He's gotten himself really stuck in a pigeonhole.
1: It seems very interesting to me that, like, with two moderate successes of Journey to the Center of the Earth and Mummy to the Dragon Emperor, that it seems to me that Inkheart is, like, the nail in the coffin for him.
0: Inkheart's the nail in the coffin career-wise. Yeah. Um... But also around this time is when he starts having a lot of extra movie, you know, issues. Yeah. His divorce starts in 2007, the year that these movies are filming. Yeah. Um, he starts, you know, having tremendous back pain and shoulder pain and neck pain and leg pain. Yeah. Because uh, of his stunts. By the time he's in Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, they're literally, like, lowering him into a coffin of ice. Yeah. Um, after each take. Um. His divorce is very messy. Um, he l- loses a lot of money in it.
1: Yeah, maybe just to, if we want to talk about the divorce real quick. The divorce happened in, like Jeff said, 2007. Um, it was a two-year-long process, but it and finalized in 2009. But here's the thing. So 2009, I want people to pay attention to where Brendan Fraser is in his career at the point in 2009. He had just gotten done with, like, all these movies like Ink Heart, of the Dragon Emperor, he had finished filming his uncredited role in G.I. Joe. Yeah. Fairly Sergeant odd. Stone, Joes. He had done another quite we're gonna talk about this movie later, but he had done another quiet American Gods and Monsters adjacent like movie called Extraordinary Measures. Yes. And I and I don't think this guy quite knows how dire his career is at this point because he agrees to pay $50,000 a month for child support. I don't
0: think he agrees. Well... Here's the thing. He doesn't agree to pay $50,000 a month for child support. He is ordered by the court to pay $25,000 a month for child support, in addition to 50000 in alimony. Yes. So he has to pay $75,000 a month to his wife and children.
1: And then in 2013, uh, Fraser then goes back to court to argue that his alimony and child support should be lowered. Yes. Because, again, if you look at the man's career in 2013, he's in the doldrums.
0: Yeah. And so, right around 2009, when he's in G.I. Joe, um, after, InCart blows up, and he's kind of like lost his luster as a movie star. Yeah. In addition to losing his luster as a movie star, he's lost his luster in the sense that he's lost his house. Yeah. He's probably lost half of his money. Yeah. In the divorce. Yeah. Um, he's now gonna lose an additional seventy five thousand a month. Yeah. And he's not getting big roles.
1: Yeah. I would be panicking too. Yeah. And so And his body is breaking down. Yes, his body is breaking Something down. Something that is important to note with the divorce story is pe early not so much anymore because it's very publicized now but early when he went back to court to lower his alimony he kind of got a lot of public publicized flack for it because it's the stereotypical like court drama the man's asking to pay less money because mm-hmm. they don't want to pay any more money to their ex-wife but what Bretton and Fraser says in multiple interviews is he was paying for so many medical injuries yeah um i think there was his property in uh hurricane sandy was in new yeah. york or where was Hurricane Sandy? Uh, New Jersey. So he had a property that had some damage, and I guess he extended some more of his injuries trying to help clean up some of the damage from Hurricane Sandy. Mm-hmm. And all those injuries combined, he's paying for a lot of medical bills. Yeah. So this man's going through it.
0: Yeah, he's paying for a lot of medical bills at this end. In addition to the medical bills,
1: the alimony
0: and the alimony, he's also dealing with the aftermath of his 2003 sexual assault.
1: Yes, which he is, which <clears throat> which I, you have to say is like definitely for sure, like no one would probably no one in Hollywood publicly say he got blacklisted for it, but he it definitely hurt his roles and chances.
0: Yeah, and he says very much that that incident he believes is one of the reasons that his career. Yeah, and he, he later said, like, he doesn't know how much pull the Hollywood Foreign Press Association has.
1: The president of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. It's
0: like, they only do the Golden Globes. They're not really, like, that crazy powerful. They still do. But a... they have something. They and have when you, something. When you couple that on top of all these other things. Yeah. Because the drop-off is so steep. It is, because... Because I... it goes from, like, he's in Mummy 3, Incart, G.I. Joe, Extraordinary Measures is, like, kind of the teetering point which we're talking about next week and then it's immediately furry vengeance whole lot of soul or just you know low low budget kids uh kids movie low budget irish indie low budget animation low budget indie low budget indie low budget indie low budget budget action movie
1: and then he's doing tv stuff
0: yeah like tv stuff
1: for it's five years
0: it's clear he's not getting offers yeah um and what he would like to be doing. Yeah. And so he has to take whatever he can. Yeah. And these aren't, you know, cream of the crop. And in Hollywood, it's a vicious cycle that when you, you know.
1: Once you take those roles. Once you
0: take those roles, they're going to. Con- it's going to even hurt your chances even more of yeah. getting asked about the other thing. Right, right. Everyone loves a comeback, but not everyone's pushing for a comeback.
1: Yeah. Brendan Fraser is in the forgotten era at this yeah. point. He's not in the comeback era, which is very sad to say. And I think we're all palp- palpable to it.
0: Yeah. We call the next era the Hollywood Exile Era, um, which will be stretching from Extraordinary Measures to The Secret of Karma.
1: <laughs> the Secret of Karma. Yeah. Oh, that's 2020. Yeah. Wow. That is a long era. It's 10 years. I mean, it was a 10-year era for the success era, yep. mainstream success.
0: And it's roughly 10 years for the first one as well.
1: Yeah. It kind of works in like a ten-year cycle. It kind of does, yeah. So I mean, when we get to the fourth era, which what do we call that one?
0: I called it alturist return, but you know, we're still up to you know,
1: we got a few months. Well, I was gonna say right now, the alturist return has one movie released. Two. What's the second one? No sudden move in the whale. Oh, is no sudden move? Was that like a good success? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I didn't right see. Right
0: now it. we have. Uh, no, some of the whale killers of the flower moon, Batgirl, and then this movie called brothers that he's in.
1: Yeah. And behind the curtain of night, which says it's in post-production, but
0: uh that is, that is no don't worry about that. That's not, that's not thing. real. That's not real. That's not real. Okay. I've looked into this. That is a movie that has already been released.
1: Oh, under a different name. Oh, <laughs> understood. Understood. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why it, but, there- you said it it is a very steep drop off but i guess it's you, you have to look at this from more than just the movie failures and also his non his personal life failures or really tragedies i should say mm-hmm. um because with travolta i feel like we had a very steep or very gradual decline you got to think like travolta's comeback was pulp fiction in 1990 1990- five four yeah and uh get shorty and he had all these like immediate like hits and he was popping off doing really well battlefield earth which people would say is like travolta's secondary fall Mm -hmm. was 2000 but we don't really see travolta really drop off into what his red box era until 2009 yeah so we have eight years of post battlefield earth of like some movies he's a it's a hit like taking a Pelham one two three yeah and he like he um, he
0: kind of just has like those mild comebacks with like wild hogs wild yeah. hogs is like kind of a comeback movie for him that he immediately squanders
1: but like you get what I'm saying it's like is it's like yeah down like yeah if people can understand I was making a hand gesture and I felt like no one's gonna see the hand gesture so I have to auto like I have to voice it. Yeah, and it'd be like, like that, like, like that, how it's like gradual, but it's not like 그다음에, because it's not all misses. He has some hits, some flops, some hits, more flops, little hits, a lot of flops. Yeah, and then it's all flops. Yeah, that's Travolta. Fraser, it's like
0: hit flop hit flop hit flop hit flop hit hit hit
1: flop 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 pop, flop 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 flop. Yeah. Flop, flop, flop. yeah. That's pretty much what it is for Fraser, yes, but what we're saying is it's important to to take into context outside of his movie career, which is kind of sad mm-hmm. It's sad that like your personal life is also affecting your career, yes, very much, which so. is probably more the norm that people should learn from, but but I don't know it's that's uh it's a toughie, so uh. I think the biggest difference that we have to acknowledge and maybe this will go into my least favorite, Jeff, yeah, is Inkheart really <laughs> is a movie where he's asleep at the wheel. Yeah. Like he is so just checked out. Checked the fuck. And I'm out. sure he
0: is in pain. I'm sure he's, you know, not getting a lot of sleep.
1: Well, when you think about it, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor a lot of post-production work, yeah. which means they probably shot Early two thousand seven, late two thousand six, yeah. Journey to the Center of the Earth. A lot of post production work, including three yeah. D. Probably shot in two thousand six. incart they probably shot in two thousand seven, yeah. released two thousand, released in two thousand eight. I bet you the Inkheart is in the middle, smack yeah. dab middle of his divorce. Yes, like he's probably got to be taking calls yeah. and doing shit while working on this movie. Mm-hmm. He is asleep at the wheel. Yeah, and
0: that movie's inkheart. just so boring.
1: It is so boring, like. You take a concept that I don't, I'm sure the book got some good reviews, right? And it's yeah. got a following. Yeah, people like the book. But yeah, but then, but then it's, but now, but the movie was, yeah. not only the movie was really terrible, but Brendan Fraser was terrible. Yes,
0: it. he's bad in that movie. So I
1: mean, that's probably my least favorite because I could easily point to like G.I. Joe Rezacobra, which I hate, or, I hate. or, I don't know. Oh, Dudley Do Right, maybe. Let's be
0: real. Sinbad Beyond the Veil of Mist is the worst Sinbad. movie in this era. Let's
1: not, like. <laughs> I'm not counting it because. What's that, it... like. Let's... No, no, no. Hold on. You hear. You don't understand what I'm saying, though. I hear what you're saying. It was. He it is recorded a movie of this era. He recorded his lines before this era. Yes.
0: But still, I we're talking about finished product I here. don't
1: hold this movie against his career. It's such a nothing movie. I don't hold
0: it against his career, but if we're talking about what the worst movie we covered in this era was...
1: Then, yeah, it's Sinbad. it's It's man Beyond the Veil of Mist. <laughs> so it's like I'm just saying, like, in terms of the Brendan Fraser role I liked the least, it is definitely Inkheart.
0: I would probably agree with you, aside from Sinbad.
1: And now, I mean... Because even in
0: movies like The Air I Breathe, Journey to the End of Night, The Last Time and whatnot, he's he's fine in those movies. He's trying something new.
1: I know you particularly were kind of against him on The Air I Breathe, right? It was like that was like not a role yeah, for him. Yeah, I think
0: him. he's very miscast, but at least he's trying in that movie. Yeah. And incart is not trying.
1: He's not trying.
0: So I probably agree with you that Incart is the low end of this. Yeah. Um if you want to talk about the high end of this.
1: That's kind of tough because there's an objective high. It's The Mummy. It's the Mummy, but well, is that your personal high? Like I, I would, I would probably agree it's my personal high. But I don't. I really like Gods and Monsters. I uh, would watch that movie again.
0: Gods and Monsters is my favorite movie we covered in this era. My favorite Brendan is the Mummy. I think he's just so electric in the Mummy. That's a stars born performance.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really is.
0: Um, which is not capitalized on, but he is.
1: It's you like, said "Gods and Monsters" might have been if I if we roll back the tape, yeah. might have been your favorite movie you've covered this entire podcast.
0: Um, I forgot about Blowout. That's true. There are other movies. It's it's up there. It's only yeah. like the top five. Do you
1: episodes. think it's like Blowout than "Gods and Monsters"? You think there's probably something
0: I would have to like I would have to like look at this again. I have yeah. to sit down
1: because you have to think when we do these recaps, we have to think about like the recap of the podcast too. Yeah, think about all these movies we've watched, yeah. Jeff. And you've already
0: done the comparison between Travolta and Fraser. Yeah. Um at th- this fun fact, Stuart, at this point we have recorded this is our total one hundred and twenty third episode. Wow.
1: Wow. Um so yeah, we've watched a lot of movies. We've watched a hundred and maybe fifteen, 15 or movies. If like yeah. you count recaps and fucking commercials and yeah. <sighs> Christmas, special. Christmas specials. Christmas <laughs> specials
0: got to figure out what our christmas special this year is going to be still got 6 months
1: yeah um, um do you have like an underrated like a little quiet thing movie that you kind of hold deep to your heart would you say that's god's and monsters for I you mean, or do you have like cuz i i do like him in the quiet american a lot
0: no quiet american was good quiet american is worthy of evaluation
1: and he <laughs> journey to the end of the night he does really good in the role but i just don't think i'd watch that movie again yeah. personally but a movie that I secretly kinda love, that I think is like a little underrated, that deserves a little bit more praise. I, I mean I don't know. Like Gods and Oshes is the Quiet American, they seem rightfully praised.
0: Yeah, like they both I, got Oscar nominations.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're movies that kinda went under the wayside.
0: So that's why Dudley do right. Most- <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Um. I mean, Monkey Bone, we, we've we said it many times, is the most frustrating movie. Yeah, it's incredibly frustrating. Because it has a good concept. Yeah, it has
0: everything you need to be good, and it isn't.
1: Yeah. And that's why it's frustrating. You got Henry Selleck, and you got... Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser.
0: And you got Chris Catan, and he's just crushing it. <laughs>
1: crushing it. Uh, yeah.
0: I mean, it's it's like... there. I don't know if there's really necessarily an underrated movie in here.
1: I don't think so. I mean, everything's kind of evaluated correctly. Pretty correctly. Yeah. I mean, I will say Dickie Roberts, another frustrating movie that could have yeah. been good. Yes. It had a concept. That Dicky
0: Roberts should have been so much meaner. I and mean, we, t- we talked about yeah, this we with talk- Morgan. we
1: talked but... about this. And Blast from the Past rightfully praised yeah. as a good movie.
0: Blast from the past maybe like maybe the most under I don't know it's not I don't I don't know if I consider that underrated, it, it's charming I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, it's a very charming movie. It's got decent reviews. It looks nice. It's actually wait wait a second wait a second what is the Rotten Tomato score on Blast from the past? I don't think it's great. I think it's like okay. I'm just I'm because I looked on the the meta meta Metacritic Metascore, and it's forty eight. And the IMDb rating 6.7. So I'm like, wait a minute. 58% Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Technically rotten.
0: Technically rotten. Yeah.
1: That's not right. And 56% audience score out of 100,000 plus ratings.
0: I think, where did I put? Um, let me look at my review for Blast from the Past. I think I put it like kind of like a 6 out of 10.
1: I'd say... Yeah, I put it as a six out of ten. I I I would probably agree with you, but they're saying it's like just ever so slightly below six out of ten. And yeah, I don't I think that's right. I don't think that's right. Yeah, it's it right between six and six and a half out of ten. Yeah. Between six and six and a half out of ten. That makes it fresh, ladies and gentlemen. That makes it fresh. And if you look it up on Rotten Tomatoes, it is rotten, both on the tomato meter and audience score. Yeah. And I don't think that's correct. I don't think that's accurate.
0: Thank yeah, you. no, a lot you know.
1: So maybe with that knowledge, I would say Blast from the Past underrated.
0: Under, yeah, on purely a technicality.
1: So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we, we pretty much covered a lot of, especially yeah. context with Fraser with his divorce. With his, uh, we've said this, but just to really hone down on it, like he, this man's body is like broken. Yeah. And something that we should address, from when we go forward and cover movies in the future, is Brendan Fraser is going to have a little bit of a weight gain? Yeah, and he acknowledges this. He made a movie about it. He made a movie about it, uh, which he won an Oscar for it. But I, I don't know. Like I, I really feel like I'm, you know, we when we talk about movies like *Furry Vengeance*, yeah. or Extraordinary Measures* or *Standoff*, I think it's going to be like, oh, he looks healthy.
0: Yeah, I mean the thing about. The next series of movies compared to Travolta is Travolta. Like when he got into direct to video direct, it's funny. Like, like those movies are funny. Yeah, I will say. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm thinking life on the line. He kills in life online. He's just like being ridiculous. It's funny to watch. Yeah, I guess that was the juice that originally started that podcast.
1: That's very true. Yeah.
0: Brendan, it's going to just
1: be kind of sad to watch. It's going to be very sad.
0: Furry Vengeance, which we've already watched, has been, was, like, depressing. Um, But no, that's that's what we're going into with the next era, is it's going to be a little sad, but we're going to, you know, keep it up, uh, go through them all, until we get to the promise of Brennan's big comeback in 10 years.
1: That's still going. Yeah. I mean, in. you said what, Jeff, that, like, by the time uh, Killers of Flower Moon comes out, we'll probably be right at it or something, or... What Like in our podcast by the time Clothes of Flower Moon will come out. Oh yeah,
0: Killers of the Flower Moon is scheduled to come out um, wide release October 20th and I have the episode listed to come out as October 20th (laughs) within the time. So we might have to see like, I mean, there's going to be preview screenings so we might be able to get like a day or two before.
1: Yeah, maybe we... We'll figure it out. Maybe we over... I mean, we're doing it with Travolta where we're kind of overriding Fraser but we're going bouncing back for his new movies. Yeah,
0: and we can also account for the fact that Travolta is probably going to have like seven
1: direct-to-video
0: movies come out before then. Jeff,
1: I have to ask you something. Yes. I have to ask you something. Yes. When we're seven actors deep <laughs> yes. and we have to continually like bounce back to each actor. Like, it takes oh,
0: us roughly a year and a half to two years to cover an actor. By the time we are seven actors deep, it will be fifteen to twenty years from now, and I think we can figure it out.
1: Well, because hold on, hold on, hear me out. Let's say we're on Ian McKellen. Yes. You and me and Sir Ian McKellen. Yeah. And we've covered five actors prior.
0: It would be called historians, but continue.
1: Understood. (laughs) Uh, you have to imagine like there's going to be a Brendan Fraser movie, a, a Travolta movie. I'm not going to list the other actors, yeah. but imagine like three other actors that we'll be covering in the future yeah. that are each going to have a movie be released. Like they're probably each going to have like one to two movies released. That's five to ten movies yeah. that we have to interrupt the current podcast yeah, for. Yeah, no, there's no problem with to this. To go back and cover those.
0: <laughs> Fraser currently has like one movie in the lineup. Travolta has three movies that are finished and one will be released this year and probably two will be released next year. Then he has two more movies for the year after that. So. We'll be fine. Yeah. We'll be fine.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Stuart's really excited to talk about American Metal and That's Amore. Uh, you betcha. That's Amore is going to be the best episode of this show. You think so? Do you read the pitch for that movie?
1: I did read the pitch for that movie.
0: It's like, Travolta's literally dating a girl whose name is like. Casey Amore in that movie. <laughs> He's gonna walk and be like, "I my meatballs. I don't know what's going on, huh?" Bob Meatball. <laughs> Oi, <Oy, they! laughs> no. He's gonna be like, Fa, huh? mamma mia." that's gonna be every scene in that movie.
1: You're wearing a Wild Hogs do rag right I now. Don't <laughs> do-rag. Uh, I feel pretty content with what yeah. we've covered.
0: I think we've uh, done a pretty good recap of Brenda and the Sarah. Yeah. Um, Make sure to tune in next week, folks, as we jump into the third era of Brendan Fraser, the um,
1: Hollywood the exile exiler.
0: era, <laughs> uh, with his uh, motion picture, Extraordinary Measures. It's a double-hander of him and Harrison Ford. We have a lot of context. Harrison Ford.
1: Aren't you kind of a Harrison Ford fan? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'll have a
0: lot to say in that episode. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to rate, views, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Pop into our Reddit, slash Travolting. Find us on Twitter or Instagram at Travolting Pod. Find me on Twitter at Jeff W. Email us TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at 2 m Uh Special so thanks, as always, to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design, Michael Van Bodega Smith for the theme music. It's now taking you out. Have a great week.